Well, good morning, everybody. We are continuing our service today. Deserted Island Reading. Our series, which is funny because if you know me, reading is the last thing I want any part of. I will do anything else besides that. Also, sitting in the back, you know the grocery stores with the carts they have for kids? And they get in it and they're like, shh, and play with the steering wheel? I kind of want to do that all through worship, just play with the steering wheel. But I digress. So, Deserted Island Reading. We've been reading through Romans 12. Because when you're shipwrecked, there's only one verse, one chapter, one book, one chapter that you can read. And as we've been reading through that, we've been, we've been keying in on some certain things. And I am excited for today's message because it was new and fresh to my heart and to my soul as I prepared for this message this week. And that is the true you. See, we often go through life, and I don't know about you, but I'm not even sure that I know who I am sometimes. I'm not even sure that I have an idea of who the real me is. We go through life, and we go to work, and we go to different places, and we kind of act in a way, in a mannerism we think people want us to see. Are our slides frozen, Thomas? There we go. Next one. There we go. We kind of put on this personal hologram, if you will, every place we go, so that we project what we believe other people want us to see. We'll say certain things, we'll act certain ways. I'm not skinny enough, so I need to be funny. I'm not proud enough, so I need to be arrogant. I don't have it all together, so where I do have it together, I'll boast in that. I'm not a good speaker, and I'm terrified of what they might think if they knew I was insecure about that, so I won't let anybody know. We all have these insecurities in our life, and we try and portray something that we want people to see versus who we really are. And very few of us, I think, know the true you. But I got to thinking, if you're alone on this island all by yourself, you better like yourself, and you're going to know who you are pretty quickly because you're the only person you have to talk to. Um, that might drive me a little crazy. Uh, crazier than I already am, I guess. But we do. We put up this personal hologram of what we want people to see and say and do in our lives. But who are you really? A lot of times we try to identify who we are with what we do. I'm a construction person. I own a tree farm. I, and I start to find my identity in what I do versus who I really am. And I think if most of us are honest with ourselves and stop and pause for a second, we'd really think that anytime we meet somebody new, the first or second thing you ask them is, well, what do you do? And we really find our identity in what we do, but that's not the identity that we've been given from the Father. That's the identity that we kind of make for ourselves. And we find value in saying what we do because normally there's value in what we do. But God has a different purpose for us. So we're going to be looking today at Romans 12, 3 through 8. And it says this, For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you, not to think more highly of himself and his importance and abilities than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has appointed to each a degree of faith 
and a purpose designed for service. For just as in one physical body we have many parts, these, these parts do not all have the same function or special use. So we who are many are nevertheless just one body in Christ, and individuals, individually we are part of one another, mutually dependent on each other. See, we have to depend on one another. We each have a different function to play. And it says, don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, but the reality is, is oftentimes we do. And now I'm going to step on dangerous ground, because if I could add to the Bible, which you should never do, uh, Revelations talks about bad things happening if you do that, but if I could add to the Bible, what I would add in Romans 3, or 12, 3, which is my favorite verse in the entire Bible, you have to understand, but what I would add is this, don't think more highly or more lowly of yourself than you should. Because there seems to be these two swings of people. We either think we're really, really good at something and you have no business doing it, or we think that I can never do anything. And as a kid growing up, I thought I was really good at playing the clarinet. I should play the clarinet. If you know me, I should have nothing to do with musical instruments or singing at all. There's just that those two don't belong in the same world. Uh, thankfully to my parents, the clarinet broke or they broke it. I'm not sure which, but uh, lessons ceased to happen in our house. So, but I thought because I could blow a high C and I could read sheet music, I should play an instrument. And that should just never have happened. And I think in our life, we think that sometimes we experience things and we act in a certain way and we were relatively okay at it. And that should be our calling in life. That should be the direction we go. That should be the thing that we focus on that we were never meant to focus on. And other times in life, we don't step up to the plate because we don't think we're good enough. We don't think that we have the ability to step into a role that God uniquely created us to be. But he made you as a member of a body for a particular reason. So we're going to continue reading in Romans 12. Since we have, <coughs> excuse me, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to use them accordingly. If someone has the gift of prophecy, let him speak a new message from God to his people in proportion to the faith he possesses. If service in the act of serving, or he who teaches in the act of teaching, or he who encourages in the act of encouragement, he who gives with generosity, he who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy in caring for others with great cheerfulness. See, he's made us all for a purpose and a reason and given us a measure of faith to complete that thing which he created us to do. But oftentimes we step out of that role, or not into that role, and therefore never are able to use the faith in which he gave us to use for that specific thing. See, you weren't just merely dropped here. You have a specific purpose for being here. I've been carrying this and never opened it. Excuse me. And because I don't like deserted islands, uh, I sent away for a message bottle and got more scripture to use besides Romans. So we're going to move into 1 Corinthians 12, 14 through 19. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot says, because I am not the hand, I am not part of the body, 
it is not for this reason in any less part of the body. And if the ear says, because I am not an eye, I am not part of the body, it is for no re- not for this reason any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed the members, each one of them in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? So often in life, we see some of the bigger things. Everybody wants to be a hand or a foot or a head. Like everybody wants to be something that's seen, uh, but no one wants to really be the bum. But the reality is, is everything in the body serves a purpose, even to excrete things that our body no longer needs. However, we look to some of the more pronounced places in the body. Oh man, it only takes one person to speak on a Sunday. It takes, you know, ten people to lead us in worship on a Sunday. And somehow we place more importance on these people and the roles of the hands and feet than we do on the role that God has given us ourselves. But the reality is, is that we were made for a unique purpose. Every one of us was made for a unique purpose. You have something specific to you that you were made for. That God designed only you to do. You know, if we listen to the world, the world often tells us we're not needed. If we listen to what the world says about us, it would say we're an appendix or a gallbladder. We can just be taken out of the body and not used. But I'm not sure if God created us in his image. Those probably serve a function. We just don't know about it yet. You serve a function in this church, in the body of Christ, that you might not even understand. But sometimes we get so burdened and tied down with being something we are not that we don't do what God created us specifically to do. Because every one of us has that specific task to do. Does anybody know what the smallest bone in the body is? Yes, in the ear. Little teeny bone. I have no idea what it is. I failed at biology. But that being said, without this little teeny bone in your ear, you can't hear. No one sees it. It doesn't get like kudos every day. But without it, you can't hear something that I'm pretty sure most of us would enjoy having the function of hearing. It's behind the scenes, but it does a massive amount of work. Your kidneys, your colon, everything in your body does something. Every organ in you does something, unless some of you would say, hey, I'd like to live without my heart. See, every organ is important. Every one of us is important to the kingdom. We all have a role to play. Well, you might say, well, I don't know if I'm in the body. I don't know if I'm part of the body. I don't know if I want to be part of the body. Well, if we turn to Galatians 3.26, we'll find the word says this, for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. See, if you have believed in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and confessed your sins and asked him to save you, you are part of the body. There's no doubt you are part of this body and then you were made for a reason and made to accomplish the things that he has for you to accomplish. But too often, we try and put up that hologram. It's really sad, but we were made for something, and we tried to do something different. We have a big family, a large family. This is an exact depiction of my family. Uh, That's what Saturday morning looks like. It's too shy in that picture, but it is a crazy life we live. And I live a crazy life with my kids, and I love them. I love them. They climb all over me. 
But even in parenting, sometimes I try and put up a hologram. See, when my kids get up at like four in the morning on a Saturday morning, uh, the sheets go over my head real quick. And I disappear, and I tell them that I am Uncle Bill, and I use a funny voice that I won't use here because it hurts my voice. But, uh, and then they jump and bounce more over Uncle Bill, which is not producing the facts that I want. I told them not to talk to strangers, so I really want them to just leave my room, but instead, they talk and bounce on me all the more. But in everything we do, sometimes we put up holograms. And what does it look like to be and do and say what Jesus wants us to be and do and say? Now, there's something as a speaker you should never do, ever. And that is switch your, um, wow, I just lost my train of thought. Switch your references in the middle of a sermon, your illustration points. You should never switch your illustration points in the middle of a sermon at all. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So, if you go to my next slide, see, Jesus was talking to me about this message, I think, in Bulgaria. This is a picture from my window in Bulgaria where the, where the missions team was a few weeks ago. And this is like two in the morning. Now, normally I have a really strict deal with Jesus. I sleep when you're supposed to sleep. You talk to me when I'm awake. And, but my whole body clock thing was totally off and I had to use the restroom. So I'm up at two in the morning and I come back and I just feel like the Holy Spirit saying, open your window, like look out your window. And this is the picture I saw. And when I saw this picture... And just the lights all over the hillside, and this is, I, I don't have no idea how far away this is, but it's not close, all right? It's like deep valley, hill on the other side, and it's not close. And as I looked at this picture, God brought up this verse, Matthew 5, 14 through 16. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does any one light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they might see your good works and glorify your Father who's in heaven. And as I saw those lights on the hill, I just heard the Father tell me that each one of us is a light, that I'm a light, that he created me to be a light right where I am, the way that he created me to be. You know, I think too often we put up some holograms even in the church world of, I need to do X before I'm important in the church. I need to be able to preach, or I need to be able to lead Sunday school, or I need to be able to sing on the worship team before I'm important in the body of Christ. But see, the littlest light on a dark canvas shows up so bright. So bright. God made you as a light for this world right where you are. In your workplace, at home, to your neighbors. You don't have to travel anywhere to shine Christ's light. What you have to do is be you. And too often we spend too much energy trying to cover up who we are to be who we think people want us to be. And that's putting your light under a basket. It's hiding what God created for you to be. Some would say, it's hard to know what God wants me to be. And oftentimes it is hard to know what God wants you to be because we spend such a long time in a noisy world with full of people, full of media, telling us who and what to be that oftentimes we probably wouldn't even recognize us if we saw us because we put up such a hologram. 
You say, I want to be what God created me to be. I feel that desire in my heart, and I would say, go after that desire. Get alone on a desert island somewhere and pray to the Father and ask him, hey, I want to be what you created me to be. Because you know what? It's a lot less work to be me than it is to be any of you. I have giftings and abilities that are unique to me that none of you have. You know, my whole life I grew up and I wanted to be my brother, super smart academically, full ride to law school. He is one of the smartest people I know, reads the encyclopedia for fun, like word for word, every part of it. I don't understand. I hate words. They scare me. I stay far away from libraries. But the reality is, is at some point in my life, I realized that although he is a wealth of knowledge, I can build anything you put in front of me. I can work with my hands, and he can't. I can think in a mechanical way that he doesn't have. And we are uniquely different and both very important to the Wheeler family. And you're important to God's family. And you're unique. Don't be what other people want you to be, but be you. You don't know how to do that. So James 5 says that, 1 5 says this. But if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all generously without reproach, and it will be given unto you. So if the Bible is the inspired word of God, and this verse is in the Bible, and God can't lie, then I think I can ask God to show me who I am. Because if you don't know who you are, you're lacking wisdom about yourself, and it says it'll give you wisdom So what does it look like for you in your life to get before the Father and say, God, what do you uniquely make me to do? Who is it in my life that I'm supposed to shine to? Because, guys, the only way that the kingdom can be extended and reach into the community of Manchester and beyond is for you to be you and for me to be me. You don't want my life and I don't want your life because God created them for us. So going back to our theme verse here, Romans. For by the grace of God given to me, I say to every one of you, do not think more highly of himself and his importance and abilities than he ought to think, but to think as to have sound judgment as God has appointed to each a degree of faith and a purpose designed for service. You were designed to do the will of the Father. You were designed to walk in your calling. Whether that's walking little old ladies across the street, handing out food to your neighbor, building houses, being a computer engineer, it doesn't matter what it is. You were designed to be you, right where you are. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything special. You have to yield to the Father and give him your life and then do that. For some of us, facing the real us is difficult. For some of us, even thinking about removing the veil of what we've shown everybody we are and what we really are is so difficult and painful to think about. If I do that, they won't like me. If I do that, they won't believe in me anymore. I'm scared to, to reveal my real self to, to anybody. I can understand that. I can understand that a lot. I've walked in those places. For for somebody that projects what I project, I'm a pretty insecure person, actually. I don't actually 
super enjoy speaking, terrified of what people might think of me, I might say the wrong thing. I'm a very insecure person for what I project is very different than what I am. So I understand. But here's the reality. Is there such a that you carry when you try and be something you're not? Or when you say I'm a foot and you're really a hand, you end up dead weight to the body. You try and do things that you shouldn't be doing. The hands are trying to do something and you stick your foot in the way because it wants to do what you're doing. God created you so special, so unique, and who are you to say to God, you don't know who you made? Because really, when you put up a hologram, you're saying, God, what you made was junk. This image is better. We don't have that right. And the reality is, is the more we fight it, the harder life gets. So you be you, and I'll be me. We'll reach together as a family. So let's pray. Father, I thank you that you are good, you are sovereign, that you made each one of us unique in our own design. There's not another one of me, thank God. And each one of us in this room is unique. And we serve a purpose as a body. We work unified together for your kingdom. Lord, just speak to us now. Show us who we really are. Show us what we're really designed to do. Give us strength to walk in that and remove the veil. Stop playing a hologram for people, but to live our life to the glory of the God. We thank you and we praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Open peace. Have a good Sunday. If you would like prayer, the altar is open. And join us downstairs for food. So, see you later.